0: Everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am all in about today's show. I'm excited to have you here. We're going to talk about this new survey from Match.com, which surveyed 5,000 singles. I wanted to dig into this survey to see if it really shows what the current dating trends are. Or is this just more hype to get you to buy into their service? We're joined today with my guest, Terry L. Steele uh he happens to be a chef a teen mentor and a contributor for math for feminists on facebook and as you might have remembered from about a year ago um, i had him on my show at that time and you can listen to the archive shows i think i'll try to find it and, and post it on the facebook site and link that up for you for your convenience so um before we dive into today's topic If you happen to have missed uh, last week's show, we were talking about are you sleeping on the couch? Let's take a look at some good reasons, stupid reasons, and bad reasons as to why you are sleeping on the couch. Um, In segment two last week, we looked at male privilege, um, men versus women, and it turns out that men don't have it as good as women think. So it's the ultimate insult (laughs) that today's woman wants to be more and more male-like, but it ain't a pretty picture out there. I think that two sexes kind of just need to be the two sexes and, and uh, help each other out rather than stabbing each other in the back. I don't know. Anyway, that was a good show. So listen to that. Um, we have some new ways for you to listen now. Of course, my brand new mobile app. You can listen live, and if you listen live, there's also a button right there that says "Call Now," and you can call the show live. You don't. You no longer have to memorize the the. The phone number or go in your contact list or any of that, it's right there on the app. Um, also, the mobile app lets you listen on demand. So you can listen to last week's show or any and all of the archive shows um, at your pleasure. So, you know, go to the gym, take a hike, do your errands, whatever you're doing, and take me along with you. Um, For those of you that don't have the mobile app yet, of course, we are still on the station's website. SoundCloud, as well as TuneIn, so easy to find. For example, all you have to do is go to Google SoundCloud, the men's advocate, Google SoundCloud, the men's advocate, and you can definitely catch up. All right. Okay, so let's hop into today's topic, shall we? All right, so according to... An article in Adweek, the mobile app monetization company called Flurry, released data regarding dating app usage and found out that nearly two times as as many active male users, um, there are two times as many active male users as are female users boy i didn't know the spread was that far apart so what that means is more specifically males accounted for 60% 64% of the dating app pie and females only accounted for 36% you know i often hear gripes from men saying oh you know this hot woman you know she's getting a thousand you know, like she's getting a thousand emails a day or whatever. And I didn't really realize that this this number, this statistic really plays into it. I mean, if there are two men to every female, of course she's going to get a lot more hits. So, yeah, I understand the odds here. So we're going to break down the odds today and figure this stuff out. Furthermore, this uh, company called Flurry analyzed the top 20 dating apps, which accounted for 17 million active users delivering more than 2.1 billion sessions in January. As for users by operating system, the iOS had males accounting for 55% of the user base and females for 45% of the user base. Now, again, people don't seem to understand this statistic with the iOS. It's because way more females have an iPhone than an Android. That's why these numbers are lopsided, not because of the reason that the uh, reporting company is saying Um, With regard to Android, males accounted for 66% of the dating app usage, while females accounted for 34%. And 38% of the Android users were under the age of 25. Makes sense. You know, for a guy, his highest level of testosterone is between the ages of 17 and 21. So, you know, at 17, he... He may or may not be paying for his own phone bill, who knows, but you know, definitely from 21 to 25, most certainly, most men are paying for their own phone or handling their own phone. So I agree with that statistic. Okay, Flurry saw that users generally open their dating apps eight times a week and use the apps for a total of 71 seconds at a time. 71 seconds, that's it? I would have thought that it's way longer than that. Okay, and then Flurry saw even more uh, usage on dating apps for gay men where people usually uh, use them 22 times a week for 99 seconds at a time. Now, this this statistic is very interesting to me. I'm trying to formulate a show uh, with regard to heterosexual males, they call themselves heterosexuals, but they're having sex with men. They don't recognize that they are gay, but they are having sex with men. So it's interesting to see that the uh, numbers do explode uh, men looking at other men. <laughs> Maybe that fits into my topic that's uh, that I'm working on. So the why are there more Android users? Pretty simple math here, the average iPhone uh, runs about seven hundred dollars. The average Android phone now costs only about one third the cost of an iPhone so it's just economics really so as such, the Android now holds about eighty percent of the market uh, you know those big iPhone lines you know twice a year with the with the new um, mobile devices they make make it seem like you know the apple is just going great guns but really that's not the case and and again uh, i think the men who are buying their androids they're buying it on the internet you know they're having it shipped to them there's no way they're going to wait in a line since 2 a.m in the morning i mean that's not what men do women will do that but that's not what men do all right so Let's pop into today's topic. Um, Let me introduce to you my guest, Terry Steele. Welcome back to the show, Terry.
1: Hey, well, thanks for having me. It's good to be back.
2: Hey, guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk.
0: Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Do call us on today's topic. We're talking about the Match.com survey, uh, who the company who surveyed 5,000 singles. We're going to dig into this survey to see if it's it really is showing current uh, dating trends or is this just another hype format to get you to buy their service. We're joined today by my guest, Terry L. Steele, who is a chef, teen mentor, and contributor for the Math for Feminists on Facebook. We uh, heard his program. He was on my show about a year ago. I'll dig up that link and post it on the Facebook fan page for your convenience. So Join us. Uh, Either dial me, call now on my mobile app, or you can call in at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. 951-922-3532. Welcome back Terry to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. It's good to be back.
0: All right. All right, so we're going to d- dive into this crazy survey of 5500 singles who were surveyed by some psychologists that are working for match.com and let's see if what what they have to say is legit. Okay, so first up, it says that millennials are 22% more likely to feel that technology has made finding love more difficult. Boy, I find that one hard to believe. I I think technology makes it easy. I mean, you're looking at potentially thousands, if not millions of uh, potential partners. I mean, way more than you would see in real life
1: that you know that that's true um i'm looking at the same the same page right now and uh maybe it's maybe it's a matter of too much choice
0: oh they get overwhelmed huh or yeah, they get lethargic know. like they don't get off the you know the mobile app and they don't get off the app and and do things in real life or you know ask for the date or go on the date so yeah maybe well, maybe uh, they or could bigger, in, better deal, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, could I put it in uh, in food terms? Please. Okay. Um, when you make a menu, if you give people, say, three options for a certain style of food, they almost always pick one of those. But if you give them ten options, it takes them forever and they don't know what to pick sometimes.
0: <laughs> That's true. I yeah. I mean, uh,.
1: But I, I don't know. I mean, twenty what twenty two percent are more like or uh, feel that technology has made it more difficult to find love. I, I, I is that kind of a, a relative statement?
0: I don't know. It completely doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah, because right beside it, it says fifty seven percent of millennials feel are are lonely.
0: Now you know what that one I kind of believe because I think. Well, at least for me, when I was single, when I was using dating apps, it seems like, how can I say this? It, it seems like the Internet brings you closer to people and brings you to more people, but in reality, it's just a fake medium. I mean, there's, there's still, even today, there's still nothing that beats meeting a person in person.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, so... Uh...
0: So, because of that lack of real connection, I think they are lonely.
1: Maybe, especially if that
0: that's it. especially if if that's the only dating medium that they use is the internet. You know, if they're not also balancing it with dating in in real life, person to person, um, yeah, I think you can feel lonely.
1: Yeah, perhaps I I know that if, if I uh, if I go out and. You know, uh, physically interact with people and talk to people, and and you know, and conversate with people. I, I've read a couple studies about this a long time ago that said you know it, it releases certain chemical cocktails in your you know in your brain, and and it makes you happy and it makes you want to do it again, especially if it was a positive experience. Yeah. But if if you don't if you're not actually really interacting with any of those people. But,
0: yeah, maybe it's just empty. I think so. I think so. All right, let's go on to the next one. It says um, millennials are resilient and 125% more likely to admit that they are addicted to the process of making a love connection versus other generations. Hmm.
1: Uh, It sounds like hooey to me. (laughs)
0: I think a lot of people today are not there to make a love connection they're just there to make some sort of connection maybe a hookup or maybe because they're lonely or bored or horny or whatever but you know are they actively seeking a love connection I don't think so Uh, yeah I mean unless you're on a religious site like you know, eHarmony or one of the you know, Christian Mingles or something like that. I think in general, they're not looking for a love connection.
1: No, and the, and the first problem with this um, statistic, and I use that term very, very loosely, is that it's 125%. <laughs> so, you know, com- compared
0: compare to the other categories, they're saying.
1: I, I, I know, it's just that um, I, I'm not a mathematician. I just didn't know you could have, you know, I just didn't know you could have more than a hundred percent. You know, I, I, if I have 10 oranges, you know, I can't have, that's still a hundred percent of what I have, (laughs) you know, 11 oranges doesn't make it 110%. It's still a hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, they're addicted to the process of the love connection. I get that, you know, uh, especially I'm not as young as I was once, of course, but. I get the the you know the chase the you know the the new love you know the, the excitement that comes along with that. But I don't I can't imagine that they're any different than any other generation. I don't think that we've evolved or de evolved enough to make a significant change in any of those ways. So yeah. it it just seems like something that somebody wrote to go hey look at this you know everyone uh, on Match.com you know. Hey, don't give up because they're they're really looking for love.
0: That's right.
1: You know, uh, uh, by the way, for thirty nine ninety nine a month or whatever they charge, um, you can you can find that too. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you, you know, go sell it to somebody else.
0: Yeah, I, I, here's another step that they say that these uh, millennials are date obsessed, meaning that millennials are thirty percent more likely than any other generation to want a relationship this year. Now, this is a bunch of hooey. This is just, to me, it's just Match.com. In a very subtle way, telling you that you're okay, they're okay. You know, it's like come join our site because everybody else is looking for the same kind of situation that you're looking for. It's kind of one of those feel-good statistics, but I think it's totally bogus because if you look at the census com, uh, the census, uh, you know, the U.S. census statistics, which come out uh, every ten years, it actually shows that. People are waiting later and later to get married. Uh, I think the average age now for a guy is 28 years old, and there there are less people marrying today than ever before. In fact, day one from when the census was taken, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, we are. This is the first time in our history that we are that there are less people getting married than was the previous census. So I don't buy this statistic at all.
1: Yeah, if you look at it, they want a relationship this year. Uh, I know lots of single people, and they'd all like to find somebody this year. <laughs> you know, so what is, I'm not sure whether they're implying they're 30% more likely than any other generation to want a relationship. Um, do you mean you know if you're talking about someone who say is 50 years old has been and who's been divorced twice? Yeah, they may okay. Maybe someone who's 17 wants a relationship more than the 50 year old does. Yeah. But but the uh, yeah. I, once again, it's a it's a sales. It's a True. sales thing. Yeah. Well, who you know? I, I realize at 40, I am not Match.com's target audience. <laughs>
0: hey, you're over 25, so I think they're targeting uh, the under-25 audience or something, which is fine. uh, I mean, you know, it serves its place.
1: Sure. Uh, And and I I bet if they would have had, well, they they did have a Match.com when I was growing up. It was called Your Grandmother and All Her Friends.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: They were always trying to set you up with Sally, down the street whose grandma is a friend of your grandma's and they think you'd be a great match although i suspect that my grandma was probably better at it than Match.com.
0: yeah well it was a little easier in grandma's day too
2: true you know
0: i think i think people back then they really did have social outings they you know they they real, they had you know backyard barbecues, they had a reason to all collectively go to the beach or they had a reason to do group bowling. I mean, I, yes, those activities do still occur today, but I think people are working a zillion hours and by the time they come home they're so pooped they don't have any energy to do anything else.
1: Yeah, but then they get on the computer and spend like four hours <laughs> looking at dating profiles, you know, <laughs> But they could just take a shower and put on, you know, a clean set of clothes and go meet somebody.
0: That's true. That's true. You
1: know, I, I think that comes down to, um, you know, what your, what's the word, what what your um, priorities are. Yeah. You know, it's been my experience that if you really want something, you'll find a way to make that happen.
0: With anything sure. in life, not just dating. Sure. sure. Absolutely. I mean, but yeah, you've got to treat it almost like it's a job. You've got to treat it. You've got to carve out x amount of hours per week that you're going to spend on dating and and stay to it. It's yes. not going to fall from the sky like a lot of people think. No. Oh well, just you know, you know that you get the. You know your grandmother saying, "Oh, well, you know the right person will come along." That never happens. No. I mean, well, maybe a... one in one in ten million, maybe it happens like that. But in real life, it doesn't happen like that.
1: And yeah, and that's on here.
0: <laughs>
1: I, 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 I know you look that on
0: it. here. Yeah, it's
1: on here. I'm trying to. I'm going to find the 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 right one.
0: Okay, let's go because... on to the next one while you're looking. It says okay. Fifty-seven percent are more likely to have created a profile on a dating app than other generations. Well, I, I guess that's true. Well, you yeah, know, the you know, young people are tech-savvy, so I think that one's true.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't available 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, it, it's you know, um, you know, uh, men in 19. 19- uh, you know, men born in 1920 were more likely to have driven a tank in France than than <laughs> men born today. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's not fair. It's 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 a very unfair uh, unfair statement. You know, it's like the technology didn't exist. Like in 1860, very few people had ever driven a car. As a matter of fact, no one had. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I mean, I get where they're trying to go. It's just it's a little a little a little wordsmithing.
0: Yeah. So you're you're saying they they dug deep on that one. It's yeah, it's not you know, that the 40 it's not that the 40-year-old got a divorce and now he's on match.com to where he could be creating dating app, you know, dating profiles.
1: Right. He he just he unless he was trying to cheat on his wife, he just didn't have the uh, <laughs> you know, uh the the um, in, the inclination or ability to do so 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. It's what? funny when you, it's funny when you say cheating, you know, when I was on the dating apps, my absolute number one problem that I had is trying to figure out if you were married or not. There Who's I the cannot guy? tell you the amount of men who are on dating apps who absolutely are married. And you can't come out and say, "Are you married?" cuz they'll lie. They're already lying with their their uh, you know, with their profile being up there. So I would have to create really ingenious ways to trap them into a corner, and then finally, you know, the truth would come out. Well, it's disgusting.
1: Seems, that just seems <laughs> like it's not no fun at all. <laughs> what yeah. was it uh, Ashley Madison was it Ashley Madison yeah
0: and that what, Ashley that, Madison made it okay at least you knew that like legit they were still married but you know I'm talking about mainstream sites like the match.coms and plenty of fishes and whatever they would you know proclaim that they were single and they absolutely were not
1: I, I just can't. I don't understand that from a personal standpoint. I, I never, I never found it to be um, worth the, the time or trouble to lie to someone about if I was dating someone or not. And I, but I also never found it to be useful to cheat. You always lose in the long run if you cheat,
2: because Absolutely.
1: the person the per- person you cheated on was probably a pretty good person, and if they weren't, why were you with them? Uh, right. And, and so. It, so people who go on these sites, men and women, what the statistics are for men versus women who mm-hmm. are on these sites, who are married or, or otherwise attached, who are uh, actively trying to date someone while they're in a relationship. But I suspect, you know, especially today, it could be reaching, you know, it could be reaching parity. You know, it could be reaching closer, if not 50 50, 50, like 60, 40 men still cheat more. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I, I, I don't know for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, well, see, men men don't need a piece of paper to think that they are single. In other words, they don't need, so they think. They don't think they need the divorce decree signed by the judge in order to consider them, themselves single the way that men, and this is based on my research, was part, was part of my questionnaire and interviewing my 20,000 men for my book, Mastering Women, they think that the minute they walk out the door, they're single. So it doesn't matter that they've gone through the court system, they haven't gone through the court system, it's been years, the custody hasn't been resolved. None of that matters. They think the minute they walk out of the door, they're single. So that's why they think it's okay to go on these dating apps because in their mind, it's just a piece of paper.
1: Well, I mean, are you, are you describing someone who is, who is just split up from their spouse, but they're still legally married, but they're legally separated, perhaps?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, yes, they, they might not even be legally separated. He just physically walked out the door and maybe yeah. no papers have been filed.
1: It's been my experience that um, that usually when a guy says, "Okay, I'm finished with this," uh, that he is. Yeah. He's finished with it. Right. And that 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 women and it's, I think to their credit sometimes that women are more likely to try to process things as it ha- you know, as it goes it goes along instead of just you know like. I know lots of guys will say, "Okay, I went on a few dates with this with this woman, and it, it didn't really work." You know, I didn't. I don't like her. I'm not going to see her again. That's it. Next, um, and I think that's kind of a mask a masculine way to view some of this stuff. But yeah, it, it, if if people are on dating sites and they're married, uh, yeah, they should be outed. I don't don't want to go onto a dating site and find out a woman I'm interested in, you know, is married with five kids.
0: (laughs) That's true. So some of the guys were the category that I just described, that they just walked out the door. Others have not walked out the door. They absolutely have a wife and kid at home, and for whatever reason, they need more variety or they're bored or whatever their story is. I mean, they're solidly married. Like, what? (laughs) Like, who made that okay? I think I think to cheat is to just be a coward. I mean, you just need to man up or person up or whatever you want to call it. And if you really don't want to be with your mate, just do the honorable thing. Just leave first and then go have, you know, your...
1: Certainly, you know, look, as someone who's never been married, being me, and I'm gloriously single... Um, I've never cheated on anyone, and so if I decided that I wanted to pursue other women and I had a girlfriend, I just yeah. simply stopped being her boyfriend. Right. Um, and I'm not saying it never caused some really hurt feelings, and I've had some regrets about a few of the, a few women who turned out to be really great that I, that I broke up with. But overall, it's just so easy to not be a dirtbag.
0: Would you tell them that that's what you're doing or you would just leave them?
1: Well, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be, oh, I saw some girl on the street and I want to go try to have sex with her. So I'm going to break up with my girlfriend. It wouldn't be like that. It would most often be a situation where at that very, at that very moment or a certain span of time, things weren't really going well. And I really didn't want to be there anymore. And if I stuck it out, it probably would have worked out better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I would just say okay you know what I'm done with this i have I have options okay and you go on and you know you say okay I don't want to see you anymore and you have the the, the tears and the and the anger and all this stuff because uh, I women have done that to me too mm mm-hmm. um, and then you go and you pursue someone else if, if, if you know if you want to pursue someone else or pursue no one but I think that also has to do with with a thing that I think started with my generation is that, and I think it's true with what they call what I'm a gen Xer, I think technically,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then
1: they have what millennials and now what do they call them generation Z
0: oh, is that gen- what it is I think so okay all of, all
1: of this this gener- these these three generations were never satisfied there there must be something better, but truth is there sometimes just isn't. You know, like, well,
0: like you say with, with the food, if you've got too many choices, the person doesn't really decide on any one. They don't decide, number one, and number two, if they do decide, they don't focus on that person. They don't put the time and energy sure. into that person, perhaps, because you know, right around the corner is the bigger, better deal, so you can't miss out on that.
1: Right, except the deal around the corner is... Probably not nearly. It's probably not as good as the one you have.
0: Right. But they don't know that. They're, they're, no, they're, of course not. They're gambling. It's a roll of the dice.
1: Right. And
0: yeah. uh,
1: that could be a a a symptom of technology. It could be a symptom of uh, a lot of things. I don't have the answers. Uh, I wish I did. I'd be a, I'd be a gazillionaire. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go on to the next one. Millennials are 30% more likely to have a first date that leads to a second date. This one I totally don't believe. I don't what believe it. What do you think?
1: It. That's I ridiculous.
0: Me I mean, it's, you know, that old saying, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. Uh, you know, you pretty much know what's going on on the first date. You know, you might have um, spent a lot of time online. Or on the phone, or whatever, and you. But you didn't meet face to face. But once you meet face to face, I think a lot of those <laughs> are absolutely going to be no's.
1: Well, I, I know a lot of millennials. A lot. I mean, a lot more than than I ever thought I did until I started actually asking them how old they might be. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem to really date. I mean, it's not like when I was growing up, and certainly when you were growing up, and even. Probably into the in, into into the '90s, you know. If you if you you met someone, you liked them, and usually it was the guy who called the girl. Uh, hey, would you like to you know come have dinner with me you know Friday night? And you went over and you picked her up and you took her out to dinner and you got to know each other. Maybe you saw a movie, then you dropped her off and maybe some sex happened. Who knows? Well, I don't think they really do that now. It's really they no. just go online on Tinder or or wherever, and they. They meet somebody and they just hook up, yeah and that's not a, that's not a date right. you're not learning anything about each other except what you look like naked
0: right, or I think I think there's a high uh ratio of people who go on group dates. It's like you know fifteen people are on the date with you like what <laughs> how are you gonna get to know somebody like that?
1: no, you need you need uh, um and it can be in public, of course, but you need. You need, like, a quiet, you know, at least semi-private space where you can look at each other and talk to each other and interact with each other and, you know, decide for yourself if if there really is chemistry there. I I don't think most of the the millennials I know would say that they date. They would say they Netflix and chill. True. And that's not a date.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially if your attention is on the TV rather than on each other.
1: Right, right. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, a, a movie's not much better. Yeah. But usually, usually it involves going out to get you know dinner or I don't know what do they do now? Do they go out and get dinner and and we're in California? They go out and get dinner and then go go to the go to the marijuana shop? I don't know what they do. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, the only good thing, I guess, about doing a movie date is that after the two hours, then usually you have something to talk about from the movie. So I guess that's good. But then again, you've wasted two hours on a first or second date, which is not good. That
1: there is one beautiful thing about a movie date that I don't think a lot of guys have thought through. If you ask a woman on a date and you, and you take her to whatever movie uh, is playing that's popular, if she, if she picks her phone up and answers a text message yeah. during the movie, she just saved me months and months of, of, of headaches because I will never talk to her again.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why women don't get the logic of that. I mean, if I were a guy, or heck, if I were a girl and the and the guy is picking up the phone to talk to somebody else, even though it it it's a text message, um, that's not going to interest me. No. I think women are more guilty of this behavior. They think, oh, well, you know, I can have a conversation on text as well as listening to my, you know, dinner guest, you know, my dinner mate here, but... What does that really say about the girl? I, I mean, I'd like slip out the back door and leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how many of the younger guys are doing it, of the Generation Z, or I don't know. I I, I kind of call them the uh, transgender generation, uh, <laughs> and it's not very popular with some of them because I don't think they get the. I don't think they get what I'm implying to them. But um, if yeah. If a woman, and it could be a guy, of course, there are plenty yeah. of, uh, I have plenty of fabulously gay friends, and they actually, the, the more masculine, the, the guys who are, who are gay, who, who tend to be the more masculine side of the gay relationship, they complain yeah. about the same thing I complain about.
0: Okay. Someone's got to be the guy.
1: Well, and, and, yeah, and they're, 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 they are way worse in the way they explain it in the way that I would explain it. Way more, uh, many more expletives. Yeah, that we can't say on terrestrial radio.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. All right, so, so let's I, look at.
1: So I, hold on, I found this. I, I found this one. Okay. The, the one I was I was, gonna, I was gonna say about. I don't know if you wanted to, you want to save it till later in the show.
0: No, it's okay. Let's bring it up now. If you if you found okay. it. Okay,
1: most hated dating advice cliches. Mm-hmm. you have to put yourself out there. Okay. 36%. Yeah, 36%. Don't be so picky. That's terrible advice. Yeah. 32%. It will happen when you least expect it.
0: Uh Aha, there you go.
1: There it was. But these aren't even the worst dating advice. I mean, we've all... I I don't know if it's true for women... Uh, as a guy, you have, sometimes you, you get in a, in a dating slump. You can't get a date to save your life. And you'll always ask um, a woman, you know, your, uh, one of your friends that happens to be a girl that you've known forever. And she'll say the dumbest advice you could possibly ever think of. Can you guess what it is? What's that? Well, do me a Just take a guess.
0: I have a great girl I want to, you know, hook you up with or something?
1: Heck no. It's okay. just be yourself. Oh god. That's terrible advice. Yeah. If being yourself worked, you wouldn't need the advice.
0: <laughs> that is that is terrible. You're absolutely right on that. And um yeah, I'm going to blame my first marriage on my friends and family when I was in my 20s, my late 20s I should say. Uh they kept saying, "You're too picky, Linda." Who is possibly going to, like, meet this criteria? You're too picky. And after, you know, hearing about three or four or five years of that in my ear, I just kind of, like, went along with what they were saying. What a big mistake. Because then I let my guard down. I, let, I lowered my standards. And it certainly didn't work out. It certainly didn't work out. So when I got out of that marriage, my first marriage, um, I raised my standard back. And you know what? I said a lot of no's. I, I said, you know, you're a great guy. I had a really super date. um you know, but I just didn't feel the click with you. And, you know, on a first date, you can say stuff like that because nobody is invested. Okay. It's not like I was stringing right. the guy on for six months. And you know what? I found a way better match by, you know, sticking to my gun, so to speak, finding somebody that's more closely related to my wants and interests. So the thing about, you know, oh, you're being too picky, please, if you're listening now, don't listen to that advice. It's horrible advice. Because basically they're telling you that, that uh, you know, you should go down to that person's standard, you know, Aunt Tilly's standard or whatever. Well, I'm not you. You're not living my life. I have to live my life, not you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not
0: going to pick the same person that you would pick, so get over it. They're trying to validate themselves when they say that. I think that's what's going on.
1: Yes, and, and and I've heard, I've been told to not be so picky. Here's the thing. If you don't, if you're not physically attracted to someone, there is no point in dating them. Yeah. And... If you have a certain certain spectrum of physically attractive, physically attractive traits that you like, then yeah, you're gonna, you're, you know you're going to uh, waver on some levels, but um, you kind of have to stick with that, you know. Uh, if people, or better yet, I I don't know what your standards were when you um, after your divorce, but this is something. These are things I've heard over and over again, and I'm yeah, I'm kind of making it extreme, but. it makes the point, you know, he must be over six feet tall. Um, you know, he must have a master's degree or higher. He must make this much money a year. He must, um, have, he must enjoy these activities. He must, he must, he must. Right. Well, okay. There are guys out there like that, but do you meet his standards? right you know i mean it's got to go both ways and so what if his standards are um you must be between five foot six and five foot eight you must be blonde you must i don't know you must um, have no children the the, the list can go on and on and on and so i asked some of these people who say don't be so picky um Wouldn't it be better to identify what your personal standard is first and then be picky inside that standard? And if that doesn't work, if you don't have the ability to get the person that you want, then maybe you should change what you're looking for. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does make sense. I mean, if you're seeking, you know, somebody who's a you know an 8 9 or 10 you better be a 7 or better yourself right oh, i mean right. you can't be right. you can't be a 4 and a 5 expecting to get a 9 i mean that's not going to work so if what you're bringing to the table i mean they don't have to be exactly the same characteristics of, of as what you're looking for but if you're a certain caliber then you can have a, a good expectation of meeting that same type of caliber person that's true. So if you're and deficient, you better step it up. You better, you know, hit the gym or get more education or, or, you know, if you're too shy or whatever it is, you better learn how to do public speaking and get along with people. Like, whatever it is, you can't be a four and a five asking for an eight or a nine. It's not going to work.
1: Sure. Um, a friend of mine has a really good theory because, uh, you, know, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, contributor, a contributor for math for feminists. Uh, he says, <laughs> and I think he's right, he says that, that threes, fours, and fives that can't get the men they want become feminists.
0: That is so true.
1: And that is so I, true. Uh, they
0: should date each other, actually.
1: And, you know, at first I said, that's just terrible. That's just so terrible. Such a terrible thing to say. And he goes, really? Really? When is the last time you saw an amazingly attractive, fun, vibrant, Joyful feminist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I went. You're right. I've never seen one like that. That would be like seeing a unicorn. Yeah. But uh, the. Uh, did you see the one here on the uh, a female future?
0: Go ahead. Yeah.
1: because uh, it's a great segue, really because
0: what does the term go for it
1: what does the term feminism mean to you
0: oh my and by the way those who those of you who missed terry's last show that's what we were talking about feminism and the male culture today go ahead terry what do you want to say about this category
1: well on the surface it doesn't it doesn't seem too terrible yeah you know um men and women are equal 47% of women said men and women are equal and 37% of men said men and women are equal
0: yeah that's, that in other words it, that's how they define the word feminism
1: right, right. uh and then but then they, there there's parity and it means a lot of different things 43% for women and 42% for men uh right. that 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 one is troubling to me feminism which really, if they meant what they said, would just be called equality, um, can only really mean one thing.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you can't have 30 feminisms out there. I mean, there are 30 feminisms out, 30 feminisms out there, but I don't think any of them have any real, real credence.
0: I'm sorry. There are 30 feminisms out there. What does that mean?
1: There are 30 different definitions.
0: Oh, definitions of the word. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes, and then but over here uh, the next one it said uh, feminist women are more likely to, seventy eight percent, offer to pay on a date. I like that one. However, if you go back up here, I don't. Um, I make sure I want to make sure I get the right one.
2: Mhm.
1: It's um, in another section. It says like eighty three percent of women. Only offer to pay on the first date to avoid any uh, idea that they may be obligated to the guy for paying for the date.
0: Ah, or and or so, sex,
1: right? And I don't obligated think
0: guys, in some other way like sex,
1: right? I don't think guys think that way anymore. I don't. I, I know I don't.
0: <laughs>
1: um. So, uh, kind of iffy statistics.
0: Have you ever dated a feminist? Is this next one true? It says that uh, feminist women are more likely to take charge in the bedroom. Ninety-five percent.
1: No, that's not true. I've dated lots, lots of
0: feminists. That's true.
1: I've dated lots of feminists. It's a, it's a strange, it's a strange. Uh, I don't know how you would say it. It's a strange, like almost. it mean, it's kind of a paradox. I think is the right word. Yeah. Um. Of all the women I've dated who have been the most um, agreeable, even submissive in our personal lives, Mm -hmm. all the most agreeable, submissive women in my life have been, uh, in my dating life have been feminists. Wow. It's the...
0: Submissive, isn't that the opposite of what they're supposed to be representing?
1: I would say so, but what I think it is, I think that it's, it's one of those situations Where they go out and they scream, I am woman, hear me roar. And then I, you know, and I have the attitude personally, I'll say, hey, roar, I don't care. Just don't bring it home. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be your um, little beta male whipping boy. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, really? You're not going to put up with any any of my stuff? No, do what you want to do. Just don't expect me to have to go along with it. And they go, oh, okay. Uh, funny. So I, I don't know. I, I, it's a strange thing.
0: Do you know that the, only... F- Go ahead.
1: Well, the bottom two statistics here... <laughs> statistics. I know yeah. I don't want to talk about them on the radio yeah. because they're... That's crap. You see the two well, below let's tell
0: the od- Let's tell the audience because they don't know what we're talking about here.
1: All right. Um, um, the feminist 25.
0: women are more likely to initiate sex for the first time, 25%.
1: Right. And they are
0: more likely to offer oral sex, 45%. um,
1: I think that if you find a woman who is legitimately attracted to to you,
0: um,
1: then it won't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference whether she's feminist or not. If she is legitimately attracted to you, um, she wants both of those things, and probably at a much higher percentage um, than these numbers uh, uh, try to offer.
0: Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Well, my audience, I think I bit off too much more than I can chew today. Uh, We still have a mountain of topics to cover on this subject, and we might spill over to another show. Um, If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I invite you to join us next week, coming up uh, next week on uh, April the 5th, we're going to have tech tax expert Dan Pila on and he's going to talk about five simple things that you need to do before April 15 so that's next week that's coming up uh, Wednesday 3 p.m. Pacific 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, be sure to get down download my new mobile app search Linda Gross to find it uh, we will see you each and every Wednesday coming up Uh, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I want to thank my guest, Terry Steele. Find him on Facebook at Math for Feminists. Math, the number four feminists. By the way, I'll put all his links on my Facebook page. Terry, this was so fun. Um, I I think we're going to have to (laughs) continue this topic. Um, Maybe if you can join us again, or I'll continue um, again on this topic at a future date.
1: No, it's a date. Let's just, you know, just give me a time, a time and
2: place.
0: Alrighty, great. Okay, everybody. Um, if you like the show, show your love. Listen, call, like my fan page, follow, comment, share, and download my app and buy my book on Amazon. We will see you next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Mint Advocate Show.